0: Welcome to Talking Heads. Today, Evan and I will be talking to the CEO of High Five, Joe Manuel. Hello, Evan.
1: What's on your mind today? Well, uh, it's snow-free here in Boston, so I am just uh, really excited about that, and it's not dip below 40. We so. got snow here in Colorado. It's awful. Well, I was looking at you. You were in uh, Arizona much of the week, so lucky devil.
0: You know, it was cold there, too. Arizona was cold. I was at one of these resorts uh, that had uh, fires everywhere, you know, like these uh, gas fireplaces, fire pits all over the place. And I was thinking, you know, why would,
1: why would Arizona have a resort that has uh, fire pits? But it was kind of cold. Another week, another week, another conference venue. So are you getting sick of going to the same places every other week? Y- you know, it's an interesting question. Uh, I tweeted uh, my
0: uh, talking points HQ2. was I was going to split it between, between Phoenix and Orlando um, because that's where all the conferences are. Uh, I have to say Phoenix is a great place for a conference because it's an easy flight from Denver and it's a nice place to be and it's easy airport when you're there. Uh, you know, the things I look for in a conference venue are, are those things. It's the, it's the,
1: it's the, it's the overhead of the travel, not, not the actual destination. Well, I don't know. I'm getting really sick of Orlando and Las Vegas. So I I take, you know, Boulder or Pocatello, Idaho any day now. I just can't stand the same sites. They're building a Gaylord
0: in Denver, you know, they're building a, it's, it, it's the biggest hotel project in all of America is right here in Denver. And that's just for you. I understand they're building, they're, they're bringing the mountain to Mohammed. Just, just for the collaboration industry, hint, hint. Uh, yeah, that, that's, that's where a lot of events should be. Um, I, I, I don't, I've only, I, I guess I've been to all the Gaylords. I think there's only, let's see, there's Nashville, there's Dallas, there's DC and Orlando. I think that's all of them, right? Uh, and they all have some sort of local theme. So I'm kind of curious, you know, uh, the one in Denver, ha- or the one in Orlando's got gators. I'm wondering what they're gonna put in
1: uh, the one in Denver. Probably marijuana. I think it's gonna be a marijuana city. <laughs> <food. That's laughs> atrium uh, filled with uh, marijuana plants. That's a, that's a great totally idea. Totally <laughs> legal and uh, a real profit center for the Gaylord. That, that's pretty good. You know, somebody else was suggesting
0: on Twitter that it might be um, buffaloes, but those are big, you know. Well, you can have like, buffaloes grazing amongst the
1: marijuana. So it, little, no, I'm
0: thinking it's going to be more like prairie dogs or something small, you know. Right, I think right.
1: Well, I'll look forward to coming out to uh, Boulder next time. You know, you know, we
0: started off our Talking head series in video format, and we switched to audio on the podcast format. And so I think that it's very appropriate to now kind of compensate for this and bring on a guest in the
1: video industry. Well, that's perfectly logical, and logical now that we switch to audio. So good timing, Dave. The next year we'll be switching to a holograph form. So we need a holograph <laughs> vendor to joined by a 5G. Well,
0: well, today we have with us Joe Manuel
1: from High Five. Do you know Joe, Evan? I do not, although I've been watching High Five with interest, so I finally get to chat with, with High Five.
0: Well, we're going to do, do a virtual High Five here with Joe. Joe, are you there? I'm, I'm here. I'm here, Dave and Evan. Great to, to be here, guys. So you got to tell us how you got to be the CEO of High Five, because last I heard, you were, like, at Diedata, mm-hmm. and you were organizing a, an arrangement between Daidata. And high five, and I think you were even getting a board seat. So, at what point in this transition, in this journey, did you realize, no, I don't think I want to be from the data side. I want to be from the high five side.
2: Yeah, that's that's a great question, Dave. So, um, I go back about a year and a half ago. Dimension Data, I ran the the collaboration and contact center uh, business units, um, about a 1.7 billion dollar business globally for for Data, and um, we were noticing we were obviously a big Cisco partner. Cisco, one of Cisco's largest global partners, largest collaboration partner globally, and uh, we saw a lot of disruption in the desktop conferencing space. And um, it, it was the job of my business unit and, and the very smart people who worked for me at the time to evaluate you know what was out there. And so we spoke to the usual suspects. We spoke to BlueJeans. We spoke to uh, Zoom and. Uh, and someone introduced us to Sean, um, Sina, who's the, one of the founders and who was CEO at the time of High Five. But Sean can't even spell his name right. I mean,
0: hes uh, I don't remember. How, how does he spell Sean? It's,
2: it's S-H-A-N, but I think it's shorter for something I can't pronounce, basically. And I, I was really, um, I really thought they were onto something. So they built a, it was a pure board in the cloud, video conferencing solution that incorporated hardware and software uh, had Twilio on the back end, which I actually thought was one of the biggest weaknesses and, and, and biggest exposure that Cisco had with WebEx uh, in an area that was going to be disrupted. And, um, you know, the old, uh, remember the old Remington commercial. I liked the company so much uh, I bought it. Like, I, we liked the company so much we uh, we made a big investment in them and we led their round. And that led to a board seat. So I've been a board member uh, for about a year and a bit. Um, and then as I uh, got involved, uh, some of the other shareholders, um, you know, realized that, we you know, that Engine helped the, develop the enterprise version, if you will, of High Five. And um, there was a decision made that, you know, Sean, who's a former Googler and who's done a wonderful job building and selling a couple of businesses, um, that it was time to go bring someone on board who had sales and go-to-market experience in B2B and in an enterprise and um, you know, before doing a search, they kind of looked around the table and said, "Hey, Joe, that sounds a lot like you." And um, after a few dinners and one too many drinks, uh, they convinced me to give up my cushy job, take a pay cut, and uh, come work for a startup. So that—that's the uh, the uh, the short version of the story, Dave. That is not the short version. Just for the record,
0: I just want to clarify that was not the short version. is that you were a contact center guy, and contact center guys don't get video. And so so what happened there? I mean, because, because 95% of the contact centers out there don't have video.
2: Yeah, I mean, when, when people – if you look at the evolution of contact centers, this goes back to my days at Avaya, um, where I led the managed services business and the SP business and then started APCS, Avaya Private Cloud Services – Um, When we talk about omni-channel, which is every channel, um, video was always um, an afterthought. And uh, the ability to incorporate video, yeah, exactly, omni-channel except video, right? Um, And so we we actually started, in my dimension data uh, time, uh, we worked very closely with Genesis, as you know, and video, V-I-D-Y-O, was actually one of the first companies that, um, that made WebRTC video um, a possibility as a channel within an omni-channel deployment, and, and we actually started reselling video as DD. But it was actually more of like a DevOps play where it was great for dimension data.
0: That was your window, and you missed it, and you've been wistfully looking at other video
2: companies. Is that what happened? we struck that deal. Um, but um, yeah, obviously it has more to do than just, you know, video being cool. But um, but, but that that was a, 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 a wake up call for us to, to say, hey, there are some use cases like tier three, tier four support where, you know, a video channel in a contact center makes a ton of sense. Um, and that's definitely something we're exploring now that I've taken over at, at High Five. As it were,
1: within High 5 you mentioned hardware and software. It's kind of unusual, you know, for a vendor to have a hand in both sides of the solution. You mentioned, I think you mentioned WebRTC and and Twilio, like what, is it the bringing together of these components? Like where, where is your sort of unique value proposition as it were, given this vast landscape that we see in video?
2: The the MCU um, is software-based and and is truly born in the cloud, runs on AWS, right? So uh, the the, the software can actually be ported to other uh, hyperscale cloud uh, infrastructures. Um, We actually did a project where we moved the workload onto Dimension Data's cloud as well, uh, which was the NTT cloud. Uh, We could move it to Azure if we wanted to. Uh, But but the ability for us to, to be hosted on AWS and, you know, gives you that global footprint we can add our workload to any AWS site within about two weeks and relatively a little bit of money uh, so, so the, you, have, you have portability and scalability that AWS gives you um, then for voice and you know, WebRTC is the underlying protocol and you know it, there was a little joke actually at a customer meeting earlier where we were saying you know, we, we've been talking about this is the year of WebRTC for seven years now. And uh, and the client, which happened to be a very large European service provider who was visiting, said, yeah, you know, we, we actually believe that this is the year of WebRTC when Safari, when Apple says they're going to support it. So WebRTC, we believe, is the protocol of future for real-time communication. Um, and I think very few people will debate that. Um, and then the ability for us to deliver voice PSTN, which is, you know, voice still matters. Uh, with, with There's two things that are part of that special sauce. One is our relationship with... Uh, Twilio, which provides all the back-end PSTN connectivity and the local numbers as we scale globally. Uh, but the other part is our relationship with Dolby. So uh, all of our voice, our voice codec in, in the cloud, and, as well as the, the, vo- the voice equipment that we sell, uh, utilizes this immersive voice wideband audio capabilities that, that we partnered with. How did, they, how did that come together? Uh, Kevin, um, the CEO of of Dolby and I had lunch a couple weeks ago and and we were talking about how how this relationship started and his vision is you you walk into a movie and and you want to have that Dolby immersive experience and why couldn't we have that same immersive experience in the conference room, right? And so that original vision that was started a few years ago uh, was embraced by the two founders way before me, by Sean and by Jeremy And and then embedding a WebRTC stack and and working closely together using what Dolby knows about sound (laughs) um, and and what we know about uh, building cloud-based infrastructures uh, to build a really cool uh, immersive experience in in, in the conference room. So uh, and the other thing that's unique then is when you do that, um, you know, we don't resell, we, we, we don't just sell room licenses like some of our competitors do. We say, no, no, like the room, you, you need to have hardware and software embedded. So our software actually sits in the Dolby devices that we sell and it allows us to push fixes and new updates and new features to our customers. Uh, and that's truly leveraging cloud infrastructure. If you're doing a bunch of third-party hardware, it's much more difficult to do that. It's actually impossible to do that. I would argue.
0: Uh, you always make fun of me for having all this trivia, but you probably don't know this, Evan. I'm going to assume you don't know. It. I'm going to assume Joe does. But did you know that audio is more important than video in a video conference? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I, 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 and, and the thing is, and this is, this is the litmus test, you know, if, if the video fails,
2: the conference will continue. If the audio fails, you're done. It's kind of like SIP, right? It's interpretive. I guess different people are in different sizes. Uh, but you know uh, the, the point you make, Dave, you know, audio is, is still king. You know, um, we were actually kicking around some ideas with my marketing department about creating a, a Maslow hierarchy of, of video conferencing needs where voice is at the bottom of that list, right? If I don't have voice, I can't really have a meeting. Then there's a big debate about is the next one the fact that I can share, I, I can hear you and I could see. You know, the documents that you're sharing, which is basically WebEx, right? Most of the time, uh, 90% of the time, most people turn off video in, in web conferencing. They want to be able to hear each other and share documents. And then nirvana is when you could do all three, right? Um, but that, you could, people debate whether being able to see the person and, and getting the expression and the context of what's being said and whether they're paying attention or checking their phones um, or being able to see your work is more important. But um, we're, we're kind of playing around with that. Now, Joe, you mentioned
1: mentioned WebEx. You're obviously swimming in a a pool of giants from Microsoft to Cisco. I mean, how do you navigate those waters with these these giant uh, entities like that being a small company at Hi-Fi?
2: Yeah, I mean, I I obviously know Cisco really well. Um, I worked at Cisco um, in the mid to late 90s. I'm going to age myself now. Um, and, and so, look, the, the, the Cisco story and the WebEx story, so first of all, Cisco's an incredible company. Chuck's doing a fabulous job there. I need to put that 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 out there. Uh, but if you look at you know voice, uh, web conferencing, and video conferencing, it's three different ways to do conferencing. Um, Cisco bought WebEx, you know, 2007. Uh, in 2007, you know, there was no iPhone. We didn't have any smartphones. Like, the, the original WebEx uh, was... You know, predates the, the smartphone and Amazon was selling books online, right? There was no cloud infrastructure. So um, and I actually think that's where Zoom did really well. Zoom came back and, and, and said, Hey, I can build a better WebEx and, and, and fix that. Um, we look at the, the room conferencing market and we're saying, wow, there's a lot of opportunity here, right? So the Microsofts of the world are saying, Hey, we're not in the hardware game, other than you know, the hubs that they're building here and there. But for video conferencing, just go talk to some of my partners and put it together and, and let your partners uh, manage that for you. Um, and Cisco basically sells a combination of products that they've acquired throughout the years. Um, so the Tamburg acquisition, the telepresence product that they've developed, which they had some stuff that they had in there, uh, the WebEx acquisition, which was a separate acquisition. And, um, and then some poor person, I guess Amy's responsibility now is to make sure all this stuff works together. We walk in and say, "Hey, look! Here's two pieces of hardware. Here's WebRTC software. Plug it in. Within a minute and a half, your video room is is up and running because it's cloud enabled and ready to go. And uh, it's a fabulous opportunity for us. Now, you know that you're the you're the Apple, you're the iCloud of video. It looks like plug and play." clean, you, you pop it up. And, you know, we, we had a, a show in Austin about a month ago where uh, we challenged people to come out our booth and unpackage a, a high five device, plug it into a TV, enter a code uh, on an iPhone um, and, and see how long it would take to enable a room. And the winning time was one minute and 10 seconds. Got it. If I can um, actually, you know, plug something in and configure it myself. I don't even need IT, much less a vendor to send someone. Um, and if I can use this great Dolby technology where I don't need to have hanging mics everywhere um, and, and simplify it, that's how you make video ubiquitous. That's how you, you go after the 90% of the conference, conference rooms out there that don't have video today. And so, so yeah, I, I'm feeling good, Evan. I mean, like, you know, Cisco is obviously a formidable uh, competitor and they're doing some pretty cool things. Uh, but but there's a lot of opportunity for for high five to coexist with with the big boys.
0: Now a lot of times we talk to people uh, and they, they 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 can't say certain things because of their vendor arrangement or their employment arrangement. I mean, booming. It's kind of surprising that you would pick this timing to exit the industry. Uh, why, why do you think the contact center industry is becoming so? Uh, uh, is going through so much growth right now.
2: Yeah, I think it's kind of funny that I, uh, I got into contact center when it wasn't cool at all, actually, right? <laughs> um, yeah, so like, I, it, it, let's take, instead of calling it contact center, Dave, I, I actually think of it more as customer experience, right? And, and, uh, and my, my debate or my, my, my thought process on this, maybe I'm wrong about this, but um, I think customer experience needs to be embedded in everything that you do. Right. So, so within our product, we were talking with our uh, support organization and our development team a couple of days ago, actually. And we're saying, Hey, you know, like what, what it's, if there's something that goes wrong or somebody wants to call high five, how do they, how do they reach us? And we're going through the analytics and in 95% of the time they use a digital channel. Um, and, and one of the things we don't have yet, ironically enough, is, is a video channel. So what if I click a button and I can actually speak to someone on video right away for customer support? So if you're enhancing the customer experience and you're you're enhancing and you're building in that type of capability in your product, where I have the ability to chat with someone in your product, I have the ability to see someone and and, and speak to someone right away, um, then it's not a separate thing per se, right? And and so do I really need an Avaya or a Genesis um, and and do I need to hire a bunch of contact center agents in Manila to answer the phone for me, right? Um, so, so that's kind of the, like, it's probably a longer term solution, if you will. Um, and then the other thing is the, the contact center space, the traditional one is ripe for disruption. Um, and I was blown away by one vendor and I think it's game over. Uh, and I think it's, if I wanted to stay in the contact center world, uh, the only company I'd consider working for, um, already has a general manager who's doing really, really well. And, and and I I really think the game is it's 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 over. That that's fine. you're not gonna you're not gonna keep us in suspense. <laughs> uh, you could probably figure it out.
0: I can't figure nothing out. Cisco, as you pointed out, but you were you were doing Genesis, you were doing Avaya, you were doing you were doing uh, Cisco. Is, is 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 this vendor you're talking about one of those three?
2: I'll, I'll just say it because and, and, I guess it doesn't really matter anymore. But I, I think AWS, Amazon, a- AWS Connect uh, is going to completely disrupt the contact center market and turn it on its head. Um, and, and they're well on their way. Um, and, and so they don't have everything yet, but the pieces that they're missing are easy to get. And the stuff that they're doing, none of their competitors can do in, in, in short in, in, in a short period of time.
1: Of Twilio and and Amazon AWS, is that uh, are they go to market partners or just uh, technology partners?
2: By far the biggest uh, video conferencing or collaboration solution that rides on their infrastructure. So the AWS infrastructure team likes us because you know I'm buying a lot of capacity from them. Um, a, a more detailed, the, the, we're, we're, we're looking at different avenues on how we can increase the relationship, I guess is the easy way to say it. Uh, and there was some really good meetings this week with my team at, at reInvent in Vegas with, with the folks at, at AWS. Uh, Twilio right now is a supplier, they're a CPaaS provider, but same thing, we've had some discussions about, hey, can we do something a little bit more upfront? Um, can, can we partner a little bit more and, and be more outbound facing? And that, that's more at the investigative stage. Speaking of go to market, I-, I think I saw you at Best Buy the other day. W- w- was that
1: another High Five, or are you actually
2: selling through
1: Best Buy of all places?
2: Um, yeah, that's that's something that we. So you know, Best Buy has a, a Best Buy business arm. Um, okay. That they basically supply you know stuff to to SMB providers, uh, including TVs. And it, you know if you look at a, a traditional High Five solution uh we ship a, a camera that mounts on top of the tv that has three cables a power cable an ethernet cable and an hdmi cable and so uh that we've created a go-to-market motion with best buy business where they can bundle certain types of tvs and go after the um the smb market and uh and it started to bear fruit actually it's, it's a pretty cool relationship very a little bit different though, right? I am curious about that Joe. What what are you actually selling at Best Buy?
0: Just are you selling a camera? You don't make cameras. What 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 are you what's the actual bundle that's being sold?
2: Best Buy resells our service with their TVs and and anything else that people might require. Right? Interesting. Yeah. I didn't know about that. That's, yeah, that's Evan Evan's been doing his research. Uh, Five. No, I actually did see it there and uh big increase in their video communications. You came from,
0: you know, Didata. I imagine you guys were already using video pretty heavily. Uh what let me ask you about it this way. Uh what what percentage of your of your calls
2: are video enabled? you know, as soon as I joined the board at high five, I started using the product and, um, I, I guess I wrote a big enough check that they hooked me up at home and, and I had a great system at work. Um, so when I was working either from home or from my office, all of my calls were on high Five, and, and it all had video enabled. Um, right now I would say 80% of my calls are, are video enabled. Um, yeah, and, 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 you know, the, one of the beauties of, of what we do, like I'll often start a call from my car. Um, and as I'm driving, um, you know, I'll do an, a high five call. I'll join by audio because um, I've got enough distractions in my Tesla. And then um, when I get to the office, I can just switch from my phone to a room and go from a phone call to a video call without dropping the call. It's a big feature that we've developed. We call it up switching, which we, we've got to come up with a cool, clever marketing term for it. Um, so it's kind of interesting. Even the calls that don't start off as video eventually turn into a video call, um, and, and that's really one of the things that we're trying to target. We're trying to figure out how do, how do we make video ubiquitous, regardless of where you're working, and, and how do the meetings come with you and adapt to you versus us trying to adapt to what the meeting you know is is supposed to look like.
0: A lot of people confuse video calls with uh, content calls, because uh, but but uh, to me. Um the content sharing is really more of the killer app that drives a lot of adoption. Uh, You find that to be true as well?
2: Yeah. I mean, like I, I think content and one of the things we, I I finally got Slack Dave, you know, when I came to high five, because we're the whole business runs on Slack and, and we've done, we're such big Slack bigots that we've got some really cool Slack integration. So I can actually, you know, launch an invite and I can invite you through a Slack channel and then you can join so that we can continue a conversation or thread, that may have started on, on a Slack channel. We're working very closely with Microsoft to do tighter integration with Teams. And um, you know, the, I, I completely agree with you, like the ability for us to, uh, it's not just about being able to share my screen, which obviously I can do and share a specific app, but, but take a workflow and, and embed that with, with how I'm working. But again, it's like, it, it, High Five is adapting to how you like to work. I'm not gonna mandate how you should work. We're not gonna try to build a Slack killer. Uh, we're just going to integrate with Slack. I'm not going to try and compete with Microsoft. They have 120 million users. I need to integrate with, with Microsoft. And, and how do I operate within that environment? And how do I enable video to enhance the collaboration that's going on? And, and so, yeah, that's kind of our philosophy.
0: Now, now, you just used the term, what was it, up-switching? Is that what you said? Up- Correct, so, yes. So, so you have your own experience with up-switching, but, but then you've also – kind of went the other way because you went from like the expensive Tesla to the model three. And I, I most people up switch, are supposed to go up. Uh, so, so I, I understand you rectify that
2: eventually. Is that correct? So, so since we're sharing dirty little secrets um, I, I have two Teslas, Dave, I actually have a model S and I have a model three. So it's uh, Oh, I thought, I thought, I thought you got rid of the model three. Uh, so the idea was, um, so I've always been a big Tesla bigot, as you know, and, uh, I ordered one because I, I ticked all the boxes for once when so you order a new product and the first Teslas were going to be, the model threes were going to be delivered to people who live in California who already own a Tesla and who placed their order on that day. Um, and so of course I, I ticked all the boxes and I got my model three in January. And the idea was I'll drive it around for a little bit and then, you know, sell it and move on. And, um, uh, my wife fell in love with it. Is, is the answer and she's like no, no we're not selling that thing so uh we're now a three-car family uh but uh it's it's a great vehicle and as you know i'm a big uh i'm a big elon so fan. what do you drive then i have a model
0: s so yeah, she got... stuck you with the model s is what you're saying you got stuck with the model s well she's
2: got the model three which is a smaller one and i've got the, the bigger one
0: yeah so, so you're you're a ceo that's actually on twitter and are you emulating uh elon are you trying to be
2: like elon yeah, no, I'm trying to, to to keep my tweets a little bit less controversial than Elon and, and Donald Trump, actually, and I'm trying to stay just below that.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, congratulations. It's unusual to see a CEO on Twitter. Most are too scared uh, or oblivious to actually tweet. So I'm uh, was pleasantly surprised. Yeah, I mean,
2: I, 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 I what I don't do is you know tweet my financial results a week before they're publicly tra- yeah, announced. <laughs> Good idea. Good idea.
0: Okay. All right, Joe, two personal questions for you. The standard personal question is, what is your next big spend, the next big thing you're reaching into uh, that you're looking forward to purchasing, hmm. either for yourself or the next big thing that you're going to you know, reach into your savings account and, and spend a lot of money on? What is the next big one going to be? Um, I'm, a,
2: I'm a watch guy um oh. so oh, okay. oh let's well, get us started <laughs> um so i i have a i have a personal uh collection of Panerais and i've got one in mind that uh i'm dropping heavy hints to my wife to you know put it in a box <laughs>
0: Oh, your next big your next big purchase is you're hinting your wife to get you okay that's yeah. a, that's a, uh, that well
2: one. it's it's pretty hard for me to go out and spend that much money on my by my on my own right but uh well well Evan and i are,
0: are watch enthusiasts, but we we like cheap
2: watches we
1: we, yeah. we uh, uh we collect them to all yourself Dave I know dave has a couple of beautiful timexes yeah, but i was a dog
2: boy guy. Yeah, I, I, I'm, not the, I, I'm not a fan of a watch that tells me it's time to stand up and I haven't walked enough today. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm more of a traditionalist that way. <laughs> now, now, Evan was Evan did this watch as a service thing.
0: Uh, it was, you pay, he paid like a monthly rate and got a nice. uh, fine watch sent to him on a, a rental basis.
2: Very cool, very cool. It has one of those, was it Motorola that had the little no, Casio? Remember the Casio calculator watches? Dave still uses that. It's That's amazing. Really cool.
1: He has a fax machine too, and a and a Pots
2: phone. It's, he's really old yeah. school. Yeah, oh, I know. I I I actually appreciate his affinity to Pots phones. Actually, it's I get that. <laughs>
0: all, all right. So the other question is, and and this is the one that you uh, may or may not want to admit uh, on record, um, is have you combined your passions? Have you done a video conference in your Tesla while on autopilot?
2: Um. <laughs> The answer to that question is um yes, I absolutely have. And uh, under 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 the guise of research, right? This was uh, uh product research and simulation. simulation. How, however, someone I was in the passenger seat. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go with that. <laughs> so actually, no, interesting you say that. Like Tesla's new version, a new uh, new version of, of their software version nine updated their browser, but unfortunately, it does not yet support WebRTC. So our, our engineering department made a formal complaint to Tesla asking for WebRTC support inside Tesla's browsers, although I doubt they'll let us do it. But <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, you know that's the evolution, right? If you take the steering wheel away from the Model 3, it's a self-driving car that's WebRTC enabled, and you'll be doing video conference calls on your way to work a good use case it's yeah. a good way to make use of the commute Cl- closer than you think <laughs> all right well thank
0: you joe really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us today great thanks guys thanks dave
2: thanks evan i really appreciate this we,
0: we wish you the best okay. of luck with your uh with your endeavors at high five and your amazon stock thank you sir <laughs> some kind of conversation.